Good evening or morning or afternoon, whatever time. I hope it's good for you. Um, this is Victoria with Dream Dogs, and tonight we are going to talk about in our webinar building food drive and starting heal. So it should be another interactive webinar, uh, which will be super good because I'm running on not a lot of sleep in the last five days. Um, so after this, I'm going to crash. <laughs> But uh, let me tell you why I didn't get a lot of sleep is I went from Central Florida here to Jacksonville, which is about three hours away. Um, there was a workshop this weekend. So Duke Ferguson was in town with Unleash Potential for his Art of Attention workshop, which was absolutely amazing. So I went on Friday and hi guys, hung out with Duke and with Anne who was hosting him. I'm both friends of mine that I see at least once a year. Uh, and then we had the workshop on Saturday and then found out baby goat was born on Saturday. And then Sunday, found out three baby goats were born on Sunday. And then Monday, I was going to hang out just for a couple hours, which turned into I didn't leave until about 4.30. So I didn't get back home until about 7.30. And we were up at night until about midnight to 2 a.m. And then up around 5.30 to 7.30. <laughs> That's not normal for me. So um, while it was absolutely amazing, I have so many pages of notes. I am a note taker girl, uh, you know, and then I can come home and I can share everything that I learned with Rich and with Luke, which is great because I can't remember everything that we covered, but I can go through my notes. And I have been that way since I was in hmm, probably middle school, maybe grade school. Um, whenever I would take notes, I'd come home and I'd type them up on the computer. So we always had a computer. So, you know, I'm very much a note taker because I firmly, firmly, truly believe that if you don't take notes, you're going to forget it. You know, I've been to numerous workshops, uh, lots of learning, lots of education. You're not going to remember things maybe the next day, maybe the next week, definitely not over the next year. So take those notes, take those notes while we're talking, take those notes anytime. So then you can refer back to them which is always great. And I tell you what, whenever people take notes on the stuff that we put out there, I'm just like, that's the coolest thing ever. So what we're going to talk about tonight, after I told you what was going on with us, uh, baby goats and workshop in Jacksonville. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about uh, the, the building food drive, about starting heal. Those are the two things. Uh, and what we're going to do is start with talking about drives. What is a drive? Well, what drives the dog? That's um, so some dogs are food motivated, which means that they will do anything for food. Um, you can get them, you know, luring. You can use that as a reward. And some dogs are meh about food. Um, there's toys. You can use that. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And you know how you can build up that toy drive in your dog. Um, get them all excited. You know, I will do anything for a toy. And then there's pack drive, which is the, the desire to be part of the group for affection, attention, you know, pets, praise. Uh, that type. And I'm sure there's other drives, but those are the three main drives that we work with whenever we're trying to uh, reward, encourage, and work with the dogs is food, toy, and pack drive. Uh, and so building food drive. Now this is one, it can be hard for the dogs, you know, when you're trying to build a food drive, because like I said, some of them are just like, mm, I don't think so. Like we get some dogs out and we try to feed them and they're like, mm, I'm not going to eat. So what we do is then you don't eat. We give them like 10 minutes. If they're not going to eat, the bowl's gone until the next feeding time. Um, unless it's really bad off and the dog's really skinny, then we might leave it with them overnight. But we don't like doing that. I like the dogs working for their food. Now, in the beginning, they work for treats. Why do they work for treats? They work for treats because it's easier. 
you know, food, kibble's like, like salad, right? And um, treats, depending on what the treats are, they could be like candy, right? They could be like dessert. They could be like, you know, the good stuff that you want instead of salad. Maybe it's the steak. Uh, you know, it's something that maybe is a little more tempting to the dog. And as the dog is doing good working for treats, then you start mixing in some treats and kibble. And then you can just go maybe just all kibble and just have them work for his his uh, his meals. You know, have them work for his breakfast, have them work for his dinner, especially puppies. Oh my gosh, guys, if you're not having your puppy work for every meal, you were doing it wrong. Totally wrong. Gypsy did not eat out of a bowl until she was about six months old. And then I wanted her to join the pack and be fed like one of the pack. So then she got started eating that way. And occasionally though, she'll eat, I'll put it in a bowl and then I'll just work it from there and she'll get it from me, you know, either tossed or handed to her, but she doesn't get it just in a bowl. You know, she gets it for working. Uh, I use my dogs to help goose get everything. So I can realize everything's okay. Nothing to worry about says Terry. Yeah. Again, power of the pack is huge. So building food drive. If you have a dog who's like, ever food what do you do um some of my favorite tips are to withhold the food so if they're not going to eat within i mean five minutes is a really long time we say 10 to 15 minutes but really guys five minutes is so long so if they're not going to eat i'm going to lift up the food um they're not going to get it that way if, if they're going to work with me like fine you can eat but you're not going to work you're not going to eat we'll sometimes do that with them uh, will increase the value. So walk kibbles like meh, exciting. Soft, moist treats are usually a lot more exciting. <laughs> so like I said, we'll, we'll use some of these. We'll use stinky treats. Um, Freeze-dried liver is a good one. Um, some people make homemade liver. You know, try it and see how it works. Uh, up the value of the treats is what I'm getting at. So this is a higher value than kibble for most dogs. Okay. Uh, up the fun. Really, guys, up the fun. So if I am uh, training the dog, and I go like this. So here's the food. Good boy. Is that good motivating for the dog? Do you think the dog's going to want to do that? Do you think the dog's going to be all excited to work for me because of my energy and my attitude? Heck no. Doc's going to be all like, I don't know what's wrong with her, but I'm going to go lie down and take a nap. Or I'm going to wander off and go check out something more exciting. My goal is to get that dog excited to work with me. So one of the things that we'll do to increase that fun value is find it. Now, I started doing find it because I wanted Jedi, my German Shepherd, years and years ago, to do tracking. And I had no idea how to get started with tracking at the time. So I thought, well, I know she has to sniff. And then she has to sniff things on the ground. So I will toss a treat onto the ground and have her sniff it. All right? So that's find it. Is here's the food. I'm going to toss it on the ground. And the nice thing with find it is it starts a boomerang effect. So it's great for getting the dog to come back when called. So you're like, look at what I've got. Look at what I've got. And maybe get the dog to sit. You toss it. It's going to elicit that prey drive to go chase something. So they're going to chase it. They're going to eat it. And then they're going to come back to you even if you don't call them to come back to you because you have the food and you're exciting and start in a boring location. Do not start outside with all this stuff going on. Start inside, maybe in your bedroom. I'm in the bedroom tonight. I'm maybe in your office, maybe in a living room, you know, make it boring at first. So there's nothing else for him to go do. You know, we've got goats and baby goats and chickens and cows outside. 
if I started training outside, do you think I'm going to be successful or not as successful? I'm not going to be as successful. There's too many distractions out there for the dog. So that find again, you want to see the find again? I'm going to show you the find again. So let's see here. Oh, Gypsy. So Gypsy came over. Rue's in here. I think Zoe's in here too. So here's a treat. Find it. Oh, Gypsy. Find it. Honey. It usually works better than this. Let's see. Here, what's Rue in the background? The Border Collie. Find it. Find it, Gypsy. There, got Gypsy to go to. And then look what happens. They come back. I've got treats. You know, I'm more exciting person-wise. Okay. They get to use their sniffer. And by using their sniffer, you know, they get to explore. They get to burn up some of those brain cells. Come here. And it's fun. So if you have a living room, if you have a hallway, what you can do is sit there and get the dog to sit. Good. They both sat. Find it. Find it, Rue. Go find it. And whenever they sit and they do that, what happens after they get the treat is they come back. So you can tell them, sit, even look, find it, come, sit. Basically, guys, all for one treat. That might not happen at first, but that's kind of your goal is to get a bunch of different behaviors. I don't want to have to treat my dog for every time I tell them to do something, but I do that in the beginning. Okay. Uh, they're not going to be great in the beginning. They're not. So I will pay a lot more, but as they get it, I'm not going to pay as much. Okay. So it's kind of like, uh, Rich uses this example all the time. So I'm going to steal it. When Luke was little and he was learning how to tie his shoes, we would praise him for effort, reward him for effort. We'd re reward him for a crappy job. But as he got older, we didn't reward him as much, right? We'd reward him for better and better until now, you know, I mean, it didn't happen at 17, but it happened before that, you know, once they know how to do it, I'm not going to reward them for tying your shoes. You know, if he put his shoes on now and I'm like, it's a very good job of tying your shoes. Like, that's just crazy. You know, like, right. Nobody would do that, but people do it with their dogs all the time. And what they do is they said, he gets a cookie every time he sits or he doesn't want to sit. I'm like, that's ridiculous. You don't want to do that. So part of it is going to be weaning off, but first you have to increase that food drive, okay? So that's a big one. And that find it helps out tremendously, that find it game. And I've still got Rue right there and Zoe and Gypsy right here waiting for me to toss the more treats and to re-engage with them because now I'm engaged with my laptop and with you guys. So that's building food drive. So I want you guys, as part of your homework this week, I want you guys to build food track with your dog if your dog doesn't have it, right? Because it's fun. Your dog, you know, having that food drive makes training so much easier. Yes, you can use toys. Yes, you can use affection and praise. And yes, some dogs are going to thrive on affection and praise. But most times you're going to get the best results, the most repetitions, uh, and the most brain working with you with the food. If you go to toy, you're not going to be able to get as many repetitions, right? The sit. Okay, now I'm going to toss the toy and you have to go get the toy and come back um, or tug on the toy for a little bit. So it's going to be more tiring for your dog and you can't really take that out in public. Okay, here's why. I'm at the grocery store with my service dog. My dog picks up whatever I dropped and handed it to me. I can reward him with a little piece of food right? I can't reward them with a ball that I'm throwing down the aisle. 
So logistically, you need to do the food. I uh, hear Terry says toys are great, but not ideal in public. Exactly. Uh, so you need to do that food. I mean, yeah, like I said, you can do pets and praise, but it's kind of, you need that relationship first. So here's another example which uses all the time. And that's if you as a stranger went up to him and you told him, that shirt is ugly. He is not going to care about your opinion, right? But if I said to him, are you really going to wear that shirt? Which isn't even as bad as that shirt's ugly. My opinion matters a lot more because I've been married to him for 21 years now. You know, we've known each other for 23 years. So my opinion means a lot more than, you know, your opinion as a stranger. And so that's a big one. You know, as you have that relationship with your dog, that praise and affection is going to mean more. But if I just got an eight-week-old puppy, that praise and affection isn't going to mean as much because they don't care about me. You know, puppies are very selfish. Babies are very selfish. They're not going to say, mm, maybe you want that last you know, toy, maybe you want to sleep right now. They're going to say, you know, like, forget you, play with me right now. Okay. So heel versus loose leash walking, which is LLW. That's my abbreviation for loose leash walking. So there is a difference. And whenever we start to train, we train the loose leash walking. And how we do that is something we call crazy walk. Okay. So if I have my dog on leash and I'm going to start walking in one direction, if my dog gets in front of me, I'm going to turn and go another direction. I am not going to, uh, you know, do the start and stop thing, guys. That really doesn't work out very well. Uh, you know, my dog pulls. I'm going to stop until my dog slackens up on the leash. Why doesn't that work very well? I just told you, right? Dogs are selfish, which is fine, you know, but dogs are selfish. Um, and that praise, that affection from you isn't going to mean as much if there's a squirrel over there that he might be able to get to go see. Plus, by pulling on the collar, it can ramp them up more jack them up more right there. I want to go get that really bad. And now I want to go get it even worse. And heaven forbid, if your dog is on a harness, <laughs> you are loading your dog up. Do you know how many people contact me? And they say that their dog's going after people and dogs and what have you. And well, what equipment are you using on your dog? Oh, he has a harness on. That's why you're loading your dog up. That's what they do with police dogs. That's what they do with sled dogs. That's what they do with weight pool dogs. That's what they do with any dog who does bite work, you know, IPO shoots and stuff, is they get the dog to load up in that harness. It's like a dragster revving his engine, right? <laughs> and then they let him go and psh, that dog goes. So a lot of times that'll happen is, you know, well, the dog, I'm going to just stop. That's like the positive way to do it. And then as soon as the dog slackens the leash, I'm going to go again. That's not the way to do loose leash walking. What you want to do is crazy walking. Why do we call it crazy walking? Because your neighbors are going to think that you're crazy, but it's okay. So if you and your dog are going one way, right? Your dog, as soon as your dog pulls ahead of you, you're going to turn and go any other way, right? Left behind you at a 45 degree angle. Like, I don't care. Just go another way. Um, preferably opposite-ish of where you were going. Like, don't say, well, I'm going here. Now I'm going to turn 10 degrees to the side and go that way. Like, that's not going to be enough, Okay. So you want to turn and go another way. Okay, so you're going, your dog's like, whoa, where'd you go, right? So he's going to start following you again because he sees your butt whenever he finds you. So he's going to follow you and he's going to go past you again. And as soon as he goes past you again, guess what you're going to do? Guess. You're going to turn and go in another direction, okay? So then every time he tries to get ahead of you, what does he do? Is you disappear and he sees your butt walking another way. Holy cow, he does not know the direction that you're going. He has no clue of the direction that you're going. So maybe he should just walk with you instead. 
and it works and it works amazing. And I love loose leash walking and that crazy walking guys is so fantastic, but there's better. Okay. And the better is heel. So for healing, that's your dog walking at your side, at your pace, with your leg. When you stop, your dog stops. When you turn, your dog turns. Your dog's checking in with you, looking up at you, preferably looking up at you, and watching your every step. Now, that's not a heel that's my dog's going to do all day long, especially with the neck twisting up and around and checking in with you. It's not going to happen. Why is because it's too much. Even the dogs who do it for competition stuff, they'll do it for, I think, maybe five minutes max. And then a lot of them, when they get out of the ring, they'll pull and be jerks. So you don't want your dog to pull and be a jerk or have that for five minutes because that's not fair. But you can work on getting a better heel. And then what happens is when you're out with your dog, say you're taking to the farmer's market, say you're walking down the street and those nutballs, those dogs who are behind that fence over there, and every time you walk by, they bark at you and they come at you and it's crazy. You're going to walk by and that's going to be there, the distractions, the people, the kids, whatever. You can be able to put your dog into heel and get them right past that. So it's good to teach both of them. Don't settle with the leash is loose. It's fine because it's not fine because your dog's not paying attention to you. And we want your dog to pay attention to you. Uh, Maddie says for Venom, who's her chocolate lab, a pop and turn worked well. And when we started e-collar work, the stim and turn worked well too. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy walk and the pop and turn, which is similar to crazy walk, except you added the pop in. Uh, so, so you have that. So that's heel versus loose leash walking. So like I said, the, the heel is a tighter, more formal. Um, it's called a competition heel um, or a focused heel maybe. But it's fantastic. But it's, it's not something that your dog's going to do all day, every day. Okay. Um, you want it to, to, to be there. You want to be able to have it. You want your dog to be amazing at your side. But don't, don't settle right? And don't overexpect because I don't want you to be too disappointed. But you know, prove me wrong. Okay. Loose leash walking. How do we do loose leash walking? No. I'm back here and I don't have a leash. <laughs> That's terrible. I told you I'm tired, um, but I wanted to do this. So I have my three dogs back here. Uh, and so what we do for loose leash walking, like I said, is crazy walk. So I'm going to show you how it goes without a leash. Okay, let me get this set up so you can see. Here, Maddie says, I used the heel the other day when we were at Panda Express, and it was a tight squeeze between people getting a drink refilled, and it was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's good for that type of stuff, especially when there's food involved. So, like, if we're walking down the produce, what the heck was that? The produce or, you know, any of the food parts in the grocery store, you know, buffet areas, it's really good to have it. So, okay, so crazy walk. And I'm going to grab some treats here because it's fun. So here we go. So we're walking. Come on. I'm going to walk with me. And then he's going to get in front of me, so I'm going to turn and go another direction. Now, ideally, he's going to be on leash. So he catches up to me. Maybe I give him a treat. Maybe I just praise him. And then I'm going to turn and walk this way again. And they're going to stick with me. But if he gets in front of me, I'm going to turn. Don't just back up, but turn so you're your nose, your belly button, and your toes are pointing it in the direction that you're traveling. Come on. They're wondering what I'm doing. So they're walking. You see how Gypsy's doing? That's what I want to have happen. And I do this a lot more with her 
than with him actually. His training we kind of let slap a little bit because um, he herds up the cows for us, the goats and the chickens. So he's good, but he's flashy. So um, after the workshop, I'm inspired and I am going to work him a little bit every day, get Luke and Rich working him a little bit every day because he's smart and he's flashy and he enjoys it. So there's no reason he doesn't you know, need to, to be trained. So if you have a dog who's older, if you have a dog who you don't train as much, Put in five minutes a day, guys. You have five minutes. Everybody has five minutes. And if you're like, no, seriously, I don't have five minutes, then I'm going to tell you to put a clicker and a bag of treats in the bathroom. And when you're on the toilet or brushing your teeth, train your dog. Putting on your makeup, train your dog, right? You have five minutes and 24 hours to train your dog. So that's loose leash walking. Like I said, it's it's easier. Excuse me, whenever my dogs are trained. Um, it's not as tight, but we want height too. So we're going to show you how to do the formal heel or the competition heel. And this breaks into a whole bunch of different steps. So whenever the dog turns and comes back to me, and I build on them, I teach my dogs both. Okay. So whenever they turn and come back to me, I can click and treat whenever they are right at my side. Now I can treat and hand deliver it to them and they eat it that way. Or I can toss the treat on the ground with that find it that I showed you earlier. Now, if I toss it on the ground for find it, I'm going to toss it behind my dog or to the side of my dog, but a little bit behind. I'm not going to toss it ahead of the dog because then it's going to encourage the dog to go ahead of me, and I don't want that. So I'm going to toss it behind him as a treat, okay? Um, so you're going to click and treat it heel and toss the treat, and then we're going to lower the dog into that heel position because that's the first step is lowering him into position. And then doing it step by step by step. So you start with the position. And then when that's doing good, maybe the next day, maybe a few days from now, then you're going to take one step. And you want to start with your inside leg, the leg closest to your dog. And move that one full step. And then bring your second leg out to, to match it. That's a step. When your dog's doing good with that, you do two steps and three steps and four steps. And you build up that way. Okay? You don't want to expect too much too soon. You want to make sure you get it really good and, and you like what you see, okay? And then you also want to add in pivots. So I do not have a pivot um, bowl back here with me. Uh, we have a green blow-up bone um, that's from Canine Fit Paws. So I'll use that for pivots with Gypsy because she loves it. Um, or you can go to the feed store. Um, we get them from Tractor Supply. Um, and they're the outside dog bowls. And they're black rubber dog balls. And you can use it. They call it a touch pad. Um, for dog training and you teach a dog to touch their feet onto it and then to move their back legs and you put that so you're standing in heel position and that's the heel right that's the dog you get your dog on it in all different directions and then you teach your dog not just entering that touch pad but how to move around in it which sounds confusing and everything else and we'll get to that part of it later not tonight because i don't have a touch pad back here but um, tonight, I'm just going to show you how to start with that lower flip, and then we're going to answer questions. So if you do have any questions about this or about any topic, go ahead and write them down so we're ready for them. So I've got my treats here, and tonight we're using Tricky, Tricky Trainer's Chewy Liver Flavor, okay? Because it's what I've got back here. Say you have a small dog. Pet Botanicals Minis. They're not that much smaller, but they are smaller. There's 200 in this bag. Okay. 
Um, I ordered these. They were like a buck a bag on Chewy for on sale. So I ordered like 20 bags of them and I got in and I'm like, oh, they're minis. But it was mini because it was a small bag. <laughs> you know, guys. So I am luring. So I'm going to want the treats in my hand. Okay. That's how you lure. In the beginning, that's what I want. Okay. So I'm going to stand so you can see me. And I'm going to have my dog face me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the lure and I'm going to pull it back and step back with my leg closest to her. When she's in position, I'm going to click and release that treat. Okay, so I'm going to show you like this so you can see it. And then I'll show you the other views. Yep, so she needs to be sitting facing me. This is a front position. So I'm going to on my left side, so I'm going to drop back my left leg when I do this and lure her in a big teardrop and bring her right back to me. So drop my leg, she's following. Now I can click in the back there for the turn, which is a really good thing to do. Let's go. Front, so this is front. Here we go, so what happens if I click in the back? She's gonna snap back into position and then I can reward her in position. But I'm marking the fact that she's all the way in the back, which is good because you want that. You don't want your dog cutting it too close, okay? So we'll do that, and we'll do that a bit. And one of the things you can do is a two-step type of dance, and I'll show you that maybe with Rue, and you get them into heel, and you do that, and then you pivot, and you do it again, and you pivot. So you're, you keep pivoting. The dog gets it, and you don't have to make the dog keep moving. You just pivot yourself, so it's a lot easier. But I'll show you that with Rue. Um, your clicker, like I said, you can click while the dog's in the back of the flip. You can click while the dog's at your side. And it's actually best to do a combination of them. See how your dog does, right? Maybe your dog's going to do really good with that back. Or maybe your dog's going to do really good um, clicking at your side and be totally confused. There is no totally right one way to clicker. Rue. So I've got Rue here. Oh, you can't see Rue. So if you guys are listening to this on the podcast, know that we upload the video onto YouTube and we have it on our Facebook Live so you can see the video. So, okay, I have Rue in front. So I'm going to lure and flip, and he's going to get it. And then what I'm going to do is hold down my left leg and pivot my right foot so now I'm facing him again. And drop back my left leg. And now I can do it again, and I can pivot in front of him. No, here. So I'm going to click them in the back and get them in the front. Okay, so I started that with him right now. Actually, we started a little bit earlier. I was working the dogs this morning, all of them, and uh, I did Gypsy and he wanted to work. So I'm like, okay, let's work you too. And so he was very happy about that. But that's how you do it. And it's super easy way to do it. So that's part of your homework too, is not only to build the food drive, but to start working that formal competition heel, okay? Click treat anytime your dog's in that heel position and then lure your dog. Um, there's also, a, that's a finish. I call it the flip finish or the teardrop finish, right? You can also have your dog go all the way around you, but I like it where you just, they flip. Now, as they get good at it, their legs will be there and they'll flip their butt around. Oh, Gypsy looks so offended just now. <laughs> she can get offended when I work other dogs. Which is why usually if she gets a, if he gets a treat for working, she gets a treat. But I usually have them do something, uh, hold it down, stay, stay on place, something, and then they both get treats. 
like he might get two for every one she gets, but that's okay. Um, so, so you want to do that and you want to do that and you want to do that and you want to do that until it's awesome. Now for Gypsy, she loves ice cubes. So when I take her into the kitchen, I just lure her into, you know, the, the flip and then I'd, I'd click and reward and her reward was an ice cube. So I want to forget the ice cubes. Uh, I put ice in my cup, right? She comes right into heel position because she wants some ice cubes, um, which is cute. Uh, there, I just toss. I had a couple extra treats out here. Uh, so that's, and then like I said, then there's pivots and there's adding the steps and there's more to it. Now we cover all of this in our online course, how to train your service dog. This is, I don't think, I might, but I don't think I have this covered in the dream dog course. Um, but I know it's covered in the how to train your service dog course. Okay. Um, but yeah, homework, build food drive, and then lure your dog into that heel position. Now you can teach them to heal on the other side as well. Get one side good first before you start the other side. Okay. Don't say like, well, I'm going to do it heel and flip and heel and flip and heel now. So I call it switch. So um, left side is heel, right side is switch. So if I'm walking heel, switch, they're going to switch to the opposite side. But you don't train that until they got the heel pretty good. And then you can add in the switch or you're just going to confuse your dog. Okay. So what questions do we got tonight, guys? Um, I want everyone. I don't care if it's a service dog or a pet dog. This stuff is fantastic for every dog. So we do it with the dogs who come in uh, for service dog. We do it with boot camp dogs. We'll do it with private training dogs. Not everyone. Not every time. It depends on what they're here for. But it's really fantastic to be able to do it with both of them because I want to not be reliant on tools. And I know you guys are like, wait a minute, but you're the tool person. You use prong collars and e-collars and slip leads and head halters. And <sighs> yes, I do. But at the end of the day, guys, my goal is that your dog is not relying on any tools. Your dog is great no matter if your dog's naked or if your dog has every collar that you own on him all at the same time, right? That's what I want. I don't want you to have to say, well, I can only take my dog out whenever he is on a prong collar or only while he's on a head halter. I want every single dog who comes in to be trained so well that you can walk them around on a flat collar and nothing else. And they're that good. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's my goal for each and every one of you. Um, but it's not going to happen right away. Like when your dog goes home from boot camp, your dog will not be at that place. That's something we have to work on together and you have to work on with your dog because it takes time and they have to, you know, they have to grow and they have to mature and they have to be ready for it. You know, it's not going to, it's fun to train it with the puppies. You know, the puppies can be like, oh my God, this is so much fun. But don't do one training session and say, why isn't he perfect yet? He should be able to follow me around and do everything like absolutely perfectly because that's not going to happen. So we got a couple questions. So what do you do if you get dizzy doing the crazy dog walk? Um, if I get dizzy, I might go to a longer leash. Instead of a six-foot leash, I might do a 15-foot leash. So then I can walk a little bit more before the dog and comes back to me. I might change up the training tools. So if he's on a choke chain or a slip collar, right, I might put him on a prong collar so he doesn't go that far. Uh, it depends on how much communication I need with the dog. Because, yeah, it's terrible, whatever you're doing that, and you get really dizzy. So what I do personally, because I get dizzy easier than most people, is I'll say, hey, Rich, or hey, Luke, take this dog. <laughs> um, you know, so you can do that. 
Um, Maddie asks, tips for teaching heel to a small dog when they're so low to the ground, like reaching down all the time can start hurting my back. Oh, totally, Maddie. So for that, there's a couple things that you can do for teaching heel to a small dog is you can start them on a table. All right. I mean, I don't know if I'd use my dining room table, but if you have like a picnic table or if you have um, like a folding table, that might be a really good thing and get them to walk at your side because, yeah, he's like three foot up, but he's still walking at your side. And you can walk him all around the four squares of the table. Right. Um, and get him going that way. And then you're not reaching down because that's part of my problem on why it can take a while for me to get these puppies going because puppies and small dogs, I am over six foot tall and bending over and standing back up again doesn't help with the dizziness, right? So I'm not gonna do that a whole bunch. So I'll wait until they get a little bit older, but sometimes like we have two dogs in right now who are small and they're not gonna get taller. Uh, so for that, you do have to get creative. So there's a target stick. So if your dog knows targeting, if not, you can teach them targeting. Then you can have them target the target stick and fade that away pretty quickly. Um, you could also, if you're like, well, I don't have a target stick, uh, do you have a wooden or plastic spoon that you use for cooking? Not like a normal like eating cereal spoon, but like the long handled ones. Um, you can put a little dab of peanut butter on the end or teach your dog to target that just on its own. I would do the target and then add the food instead of having the peanut butter on it, but it can work too. And then you just teach the dog to target that with bumping his nose up against it, not his paw. You want to make sure you're using his nose for the targeting. So teach him to touch it, to touch it, to touch it. It'd be like this pen right here, right? So I teach the dog to touch that, and then I can hold it like this, and the dog's going to want to go and do that. So if it's not a pen, but it's a big wooden spoon, it's going to be a lot easier. Uh, you know, so so that's something too. But again, I want to be able to fade that away. I don't want to be relying on that. You know, I'm not going to walk through Disney with a healing stick. It's not going to happen. Uh, Mary says, I use a really long bully stick and the doggy can squeeze cheese at the end. And Terry says, for smaller dogs, use a target stick. So Gary Wilkes has a really nice target stick. It looks like a magic wand. <laughs> and it's black and it's expandable and has a yellow tip at the end. It's not a ball like a lot of them. It's just a tip like a magic wand would have. So you can collapse it so it's only about mm, six inches or so. Or you can expand it so it's a couple feet, maybe two and a half feet, maybe tops. Um, I don't know. I'm bad at judging distances. Um, so we'll say two feet from six inches to two feet. And uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems about right. So then you can do that. And then you can, like I said, you can pull it up by shrinking it, which makes it nicer. You can also go to Michael's, maybe even Joanne Fabric or, or Walmart has it, and get a wooden dowel, but you have to make sure it's skinny enough to not be silly. Like you don't want to get one that's an inch in diameter. I mean, you want skinnier than that, but you also don't want it too flexible. And then you can put tape at one end, um, washi tape, maybe um, kinesio tape, vet wrap, and like that's your dog's target. You know, like really it's, you've got a lot of options. There's even a click stick that has a clicker built in with the targeting stick and it's expandable. But Gary's target stick is better. It just doesn't have a clicker attached. Okay. A question from Samantha here. How do you go from a prong and e-collar to a flat collar? <laughs> so this is what we do is I want the dog really amazing on a prong collar or slip lead or head halter or anything like that, right? E-collar. I want the dog so flipping amazing that he's perfect. And I didn't have to give him one correction this whole outing and have that happen for a few times. And as the dog's doing really good, say it's a prong collar or a head halter, right? 
Um, then maybe the next one, I might put the prong collar in my pocket or in his bag so we have it, but I'm not going to use it on him. Instead, I'm going to put a slip lead on him and see how he does. And for some dogs, that's huge because a lot of dogs can get equipment dependent, which is why I like to switch them around and do a prong here, an e-collar there, a slip lead here, a head halter here, because then it's not about the tool, it's about the training, which is as it should be. So they're doing it. I have the the healthier one ready, right? But I put them on a slip lead and see how they do. Now our slip leads, we have a figure eight in it, in metal. So if I need to turn it into a head halter right away, I can. So that's pretty neat. Um, prong collars, uh, I've, I've gone into to places and I'm like, hey Rich, can you keep this in your pocket just in case we need it? Or maybe I'll unclip them from the prong collar and clip them to something else, depending on how he's doing, but I'm gonna leave that e-collar on. Okay, the e-collar is going to be on and active when I'm playing around with this. So, so I go from, say, prong an e-collar to slip lead an e-collar. And how does the dog do? Mine did good. We didn't have any problems. Okay. Okay, good. Um, so then after maybe a couple months, it depends. depends on what you're working on. I'm going to flip them to the e-collar and the flat collar for a short outing, but I'm going to have that slip lead either maybe in my pocket. So if I need it, I can put it on them. Maybe if it's the slip lead head halter, I can just easily, real quick, put it on him. But I'm going to see how he does with the e-collar slip lead for a while first, and then e-collar flat collar. So that's, we just started that with Gypsy. She's a year and a half old, so it's plenty of time for it. Um, and I got her, I, had, I haven't had a nice collar for her. I look on Etsy, and I just can't find anything that I like. So when I was at my friend Ann, who hosted Duke this weekend in Jacksonville, um, she had some beautiful leather collars um, with beads and with gem, you know, beautiful aquamarines on it um, and diamonds. And they're real aquamarines and diamonds. So I picked up two pretty leather collars for her without stuff on it. So she started this weekend with, okay, e-collar, flat collar, and see how she does. And guess what happens when you do that, guys? You're going to be using your e-collar more. And that's fine. There's not a problem with that. Okay. Does that make sense? So you do... Prong collar, prong collar, e-collar, or whatever. Maybe it's prong collar, head halter, gentle leader, um, slip lead, whatever. Okay, so you've got the prong, and then you go from that to the um, prong collar, e-collar, and then slip lead, e-collar, and then flat collar, e-collar. Then you can take the e-collar off if you totally trust your dog. I'm um, like, Arrow worked on a flat collar with nothing. Um, for at least the last couple years, I think. Um, Gypsy hasn't got to that point yet. You know, I've been not, with the whole cancer scare and then with everything going on, I um, mean, as many dogs as we have in her training's been slacking, so I'm picking that up again. Because again, who doesn't have five minutes? You have five minutes, I have five minutes, everyone does. So Sue says she's gone from a prong to a prong turned inside out. So I don't do that, or do, nor do I recommend it, because it looks nasty and terrible. Right. Um, if somebody goes to grab your dog or you go to grab your dog, you're going to hurt yourself. It's not going to puncture your skin, but it's not going to be pleasant. And if it's fit right, it's going to be harder to put on and take off that way. So I don't do that. Um, I'd put it in my pocket instead. Okay. Any other questions tonight, guys? So let's pull up because it's going to be a short one because I'm tired. I'm sorry. I'm tired, guys. So our website is dreamk9.com. Okay, you can go to dreamk9.com. Um, we're going to be, I need to rest some more, Phil, Rich, and Lucan on what I learned at the workshop, and then we're going to have some changes that coming. Um, our online course is at howtotrainyourservicedog.com, okay? 
And that's part of the changes that are going to be coming. We're going to segment it up a little bit differently. Um, so if people don't want to invest the full thousand dollars into the course um, and say they need some tasks for diabetic alert, they're going to be able to purchase just that. And then how to train your service dog is our podcast. And it's also our Facebook group. So check that out. And then let me know what your thoughts are on new and improved changes that we're going to be doing. Uh, you know, what do you want to see? Because we're here for you. Okay, and I will see you next week. Susan says, rest up, thank you. I um, mean, I'm looking, I think Friday we're clear, Susan, so we might have a Disney day because I really need to do Disney or it might be Universal. But I really need to do Disney. <laughs> so I will see you guys later. I'll see you guys next.